So I had a um a dream actually the other night that I was a uh, I was in a coma and uh, I told my wife the next day I said you know I was in a coma and I don't know if you stayed with me or not but you weren't there like in the dream so I think you left me and she just couldn't believe that I would even first dream of that she's like what's wrong with you why and are you then having then you these told dark her that. right and uh, I said look just promise me if I'm ever in a coma right that you won't leave me right away, right? And that you wait for me to come out of it. What's a good amount of time though? Okay. Well, I'm glad you asked because that prompted her to say, well, if you're in there for like 30 years, I'm like, first of all, A. If you're this gonna is, just rip Van Winkle this bitch, I'm if, out. This is not a soap opera, you know? Nobody's in comas for 30 years anymore, right? I mean, usually at that stage, they can't pay for it and they would hopefully come up with some other option. You know, 30 years, 30 years? How long was Terry Schiavo and her vegetative state before oh i have no idea she got taken off that feeding tube that was a i long have no time. idea see now we're getting dark but <laughs> now that was real life but i told her i was like well at least it's refreshing to know that 30 years is like your cutoff like apparently 30 years is her threshold <laughs> like okay I'll, I'll wait 30 years is a long time i know and then she'd be like in her 60s before she remarried so and you know my son would be a grown man by then so i guess hey i gotta keep her you know I mean, how, but like, what is it? What is your threshold? I don't know. I mean, like if you're in a coma for 30 years, somebody's pulling the plug. That's what I'm saying. That's more or less what I was saying. I wasn't trying to get grim with it. And I'm sure there are those rare circumstances. And if there are any listeners to the show that have gone through something like this, this horrific, I hope that we're not treading on fiction. You know, exactly. (laughs) Right. 30 years. 30 years is a long time. I mean, I've seen plenty of movies where like they wake up after like a few years and like, where am I? And they just know. All of a sudden, they can walk immediately. There's no <laughs> Kill Bill. Well, yeah, that was four well, she years. She had a right? little bit of it was time like four, yeah. she could really walk. Yeah, and even that seemed like out there, right? But it's a movie, so you're like, all right, you know, four years, you know? Yeah. But that was badass. I mean, that was a totally different That's world, true. you know. Yeah. Me waking up 30 years later, that wouldn't be so much so badass, you know. Oh, you didn't wait for me, and I can't walk. <laughs> well, and what if you just had no memory? Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess, yeah. I guess there is brain damage and memory loss and all that. Yeah. If you're in a coma for a long ass time, you're... I don't even know what a coma yeah. really entails. I just know in the dream I was in a coma. But I was like seeing myself in the coma. And the doctor was like, he's in a coma. Was the rest of your family there? No, nobody was there. Well, how do you know they left you? Maybe they just didn't know where you were. Oh, they went to the bathroom? Is that what's happening? <laughs> no, maybe you were in the coma um, and nobody could find your family because they couldn't identify you. Oh, Nowadays, though, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, wouldn't they, they see me? They just take a picture and put it on Facebook, and Facebook <laughs> knows who you are. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe I... it was like Overboard. Yeah. Classic Kurt Russell movie. Oh, it is a classic. It's classic. Classic. I fucking love that movie, and God damn them for remaking that. And it's and with the worst spots? people in it. I mean, I know, and I love Anna Faris. Mm-hmm. Actually, that wasn't such a bad call. Mm-hmm. But the dude. Come I on. forget who it is. I, I don't even care remember. if they gender swapped it. But that guy? Who was the guy, though? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't remember. And that's the point. But that movie, and great segue, by the way. <laughs> I fucking love Kurt Russell. I think everybody loves Kurt Russell. Should we start the show? Yes. Okay. Let's do this. <laughs> it's showtime.
Dead or alive, you are coming with me. Don't make me smack you, sweetheart. I'll do it. Welcome to Comic-Cons, a geek podcast for the rest of us. Who are the rest of us? My name is Nick Stevens. With me today, returning guest, Lauren Izzo from Mouthy Broadcast. Yay, the crowd goes wild. Wow, fuck yeah. Thanks for coming. Thanks Thanks for for returning. And I'm so happy that you brought me back for this. Of course. Yeah. Of course. We're going to be talking about a little movie from 1986. Big Trouble in Little China. First off, look, I got to apologize at the top of the show for the dark topic. Look, I blame my mom, okay? <laughs> she instilled it at us at a very early age to constantly be afraid of everything and to have dark thoughts and to, if you fear something will happen constantly, it'll never happen. So just to live in perpetual fear, therefore those things will never happen. Like you're on a plane, you think it's going to crash, it's not going to crash. It's the oblivious ones are like, never think of it and that's where this shit happens. You know what I'm saying? So I blame wow. my mom for that. Wow. You know? She seriously told us that. She was like, just worry about it. And it won't <laughs> so I blame her for this neurosis and, and these dark thoughts. So look, this is a podcast about movies. <laughs> we don't need to go down that road. I didn't mean to weird you out for the first five <laughs> minutes of coming into my garage. Like, what is he going through right now? Sitting in here, having these thoughts. So thank you. I'm glad that your wife will stay with you for 30 years. Though. That's, That's important, really right? That's yeah. Really good. It's a good thing. Feels good. It's like almost as if she was worth centuries searching for. Yeah, right? Like Lopan searched. <laughs> You're bringing it back for again. one girl. And this is why you have Lauren Izzo on, this, on the podcast, because otherwise we would just saunter down the beaten path of God knows what. Um, I just listened to your V for Vendetta podcast where you were like, can we talk about anything but anything this movie? Else. Anything else. It's not fun. <laughs> All I want to do is talk about this movie. I Whoa, just let's keep wanting to bring it back. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, okay, so I had not seen this movie in years. Yeah. Probably a good 20 years since okay. I had seen it. Really? Trouble. That long? Yeah. But I remember loving it as a kid. Sure. Like it was, I don't know if it was on TV a lot or HBO. I don't think we had it on VHS, but maybe we rented it a few times. Whatever it was, I remember watching it many times, like right. before age twelve. Right, right, right. And probably haven't seen it since then. Okay. And when, as soon as you suggested it, I was like, "Oh man, I hope it holds up." Number one, hope it holds up. Number two, oh man, this movie's going to be really racist, isn't it? <laughs> and it was not racist. It's not at all. There's a lot it's of Asian really actors. Not racist. There's it's, no whitewashing. Yeah, they didn't. They there's even, no stereotypes really. And I remembered um, the I want to say the lead woman, 
but she doesn't really have a role other than to stand there and look pretty. Oh, God Mao Yin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remembered her being less Asian looking. Mm-hmm. And then when I watched it this time, I was like, well, she does look like she's at least part Asian. Right, she might. And I yeah. looked her up and they didn't have a complete bio on her on mm-hmm. Wikipedia enough to say what her full lineage was. But okay. she is apparently a, at least of some part Chinese descent. That's good to know. Um, that's, she, some, that's something I noticed as well, yeah. that there were a lot of fine Asian actors yes. being supported in this yes. movie for a 1986 movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's refreshing. Yeah. And even the even though there was a lot of like, you know, ooh, Chinese mysticism and and dark but magic. That's the deal. It wasn't done in a way that was like, Oh, I own a laundromat and I'm you know what I'm what I'm saying? As right. far as like Absolutely. that type of racism of San Francisco right. Chinatown, like let's be completely stereotypical. Maybe a little bit of that in the opening scene. I'll do you one better. And I appreciate how they didn't even try to fuck with anything outside of Little China in the San Francisco area. They yeah. just they this movie is so car- compartmentalized right. in one area. As soon as Jack Burton joins Wang on this inadvertent quest, you know what I'm saying? This this is localized in one area, and that's it's just the story, it's just the the culture, it's just they're they're just immersed in it. You right. know what I'm saying? And, and that's what I love about isn't, it. Isn't there's nothing about the culture that it's like the only thing that Jack Burton has to get used to is the magic and the Absolutely. mysticism. Absolutely. And it's all just part of the movie. It's right. part of the fiction. Right. You know. And there's not even any slants against their culture or anything like that no. from him as the outsider, as the avatar or whatever. Right. And you said you remembered it from your youth. I I had two memories of distinct memories of this of this film. The one I saw as a kid, which was like, Jack Burton can't lose. You know what I'm saying? This guy's awesome. <laughs> to the Jack Burton I see in this movie was like, wow, he's still a badass, but he's not really. He's kind of bumbling he's so, and he's, foolish. He's an accidental and, hero. Right. He's, he's a sidekick. But he thinks he's more. He thinks he's the more. He his, thinks yep. he's the, right. the hero. Right. But the truth is he is the sidekick. Right. Absolutely. And I think that they did a great job of of portraying that and i've never seen a movie yeah. ever before that focused so much on the sidekick where it was just like where it was done i mean his buddy wang is like is really the hero is really yeah. the badass yeah but he's kind of marginalized and i think it's it's done so on purpose to make yeah. it look this is our guy he's just kind of here by accident all he wants is his fucking truck you know by the way side note the whole reason why they're even in this mess to begin with is because of a twenty three hundred dollar wager <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which is a great Which trope. Which is so great. It's a know? great trope. The only problem that I have with it is that exposition leading into Mao Yin being kidnapped. Wang would not have been there. He was about to go pick up the love of his life from yeah. the airport. He wouldn't have been there wagering away $1,300 or like you said, $2,300 because it was... But he wanted the money. Remember, he needed the money because he needed the money to Maybe it was to, for, the, for marriage or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's why he was there. Yeah. Dirty deeds, so. done cheap, you know? <laughs> well, first off, before we get into Wang, who is Jack Burton, really? I mean, did you find yourself like wondering that? Like, Jack in the Burton opening is scene? just like this self-actualized badass. Okay, I like it. He's not a badass, but there he is driving in his truck on the open road. And you know what I say? You know what Jack Burton always says? There's never, you know what I say. He's right. always third person. Of course. And... He's just out there. It never shows who responds to him who on that is he CB radio. Who is on that CB radio? It, Who's he's he talking to? He's just pontificating. Okay, okay. This is Jack Burton and the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. 
like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes. Just listen to the old Pork Job Express and take his advice on a dark and stormy night, all right? When some wild-eyed eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against a barroom wall, and he looks you crooked in the eye, and he asks you if you've paid your dues. Well, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir, the check is in the mail. I'm not saying that I've been everywhere and I've done everything. But I do know it's a pretty amazing planet we live on here. And a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. Now, some eight-foot maniac grabs you by the back of the head. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> wait, what? Who? You tell him. Have you paid your dues? You're goddamn right, Jack. Checks wait. in the mail. <laughs> Checks in the mail. Damn. <laughs> Nobody. And... That's no one's the, ever going to ask you that in life. But. So I know in the 80s, CB radios were a big thing for the truckers. You know, there was that, uh, you know, rubber ducky song. Okay, I guess. And yeah. um, over the top with uh, Stallone. And then <laughs> and then there was Candy Cane in okay. the 90s. Or was that early 2000s? Whatever that was. Oh. Candy Cane. Okay. What was that movie called? I'm quasi following you. There was, a, there was a horror movie about a CB radio. Oh, but that was like later, right? Sean William Scott was in it. No, not Sean William Scott. No, it was the guy that died, Paul Walker. Yeah, that was much later, though. Yeah, that was yeah like, much later, much later. But it was, I, but I feel like concept. that script must have been written in the 80s for the CB radio to be I'm relevant. With I'm with you, because you had, don't you hurt my dog. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. You had that guy as like the, as the main bad <laughs> Buffalo guy. Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill, but I forgot. I forgot the actor's name, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't remember. Email us at comiconspodcast.com if you remember that guy's name. Uh, but yeah. they were doing the candy cane. Yeah, you okay. Know, um, in any case. I guess if I had a CB radio, I'd do the see, same thing. We never see anybody talking back to Jack no, Burton on the CB not. radio. We just see him. It was the podcasting of the 80s. There you go. Broadcasting you know under what? CB radio. You're absolutely right, because let's be honest with each other. Who you is, know? like, Nick Stevens, when you are there yeah. in your car, right. in the movie theater parking mm-hmm. lot, I got to talk about this movie because I fucking love Tom Cruise. <laughs> Who is listening? Who nobody. is there yeah, on the nobody, other side? Nobody, nobody, And not that I'm saying that you're a self-made badass in your own head, oh. but that well, is Jack Burton. I'll take it, though. You know? right, but it, I think that is Jack Burton, though. Jack Burton is... I like it. I like it. Yeah. Because I like, and I also like that they really don't give us an origin story. They only, they introduce us to his character after a little intro scene with Egg Shen's character and his lawyer. Kind of one of those after-the-fact pre-shot Here's scenes, a, you know, which I fucking love in any movie, by the way. Like, wait, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. You know? And Egg Shen, great character actor, you know, Victor Wong, you know, with that eye. You know, yeah. He's just, he's just such a great oh, he's character so good. actor. And he's like, you leave Jack Burton alone. Black magic is real. So here's an interesting, you know I like the Wikipedia. Okay, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. the IMDb lay trivia. It on, lay it on me. That scene was added. Shut up, after the movie? After the movie, because oh. the studio told John Carpenter that Jack Burton wasn't seen as enough of a hero. What? So what we were just talking about, right. how great they it is they didn't get it. that Jack Burton takes that back seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's not, you know, you can't just come in and be a badass because you're a big white dude. Right, right. You know, these these other guys, they were in it. They knew it. They knew the legend. They right. knew how to how they were going to have to defeat Lopin. Right. 
and Jack Burton was just like you said the accidental hero right he like didn't he, know he was fighting right so the studio was like no no, no he, he has to be the hero yeah and we need something that makes it more definitive so they had them add that scene and is that a lawyer? Is that like... It's a lawyer, district? yeah. I was thinking like maybe district I, attorney. Right. He said, of he said before he's... I agree to become your lawyer, you got to oh, tell me okay. more. And he's like, right, I don't... Right. Do you believe in this in this, in this black magic right, stuff? And he's like, right. oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. real, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then that John Carpenter music comes in, you know? Yeah, yeah. dun And there he is, Kurt fucking Russell, man. Like that, I don't know. I'm kind of glad they actually added that scene. I think it does add a little something to like the the mythos of, of that world building, you know? Like yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, some shit did go down. So we what know. Happened? So we're kind of in. We're in store for what we're about to see. Exactly. It sets it up. Exactly. It sets the tone of, yeah, it's real world stuff, but oh, there's magic. Yeah. Because it's not just another kung fu movie. Yeah. Or uh, another fantasy movie. Yeah. Where it, it's in the real world, Absolutely. but hey, this stuff does happen. Absolutely. So that was. I've thought that was really interesting, though. Of and I read a lot of stuff about things that John Carpenter wanted that the studio didn't want. Really? And it would have made this movie so much different. John Carpenter fought for Kurt Russell. Yeah. He had to fight for him. Now... He loves Kurt Russell. The two... uh, Yes, of course. But the two choices that the studio wanted... Oh, give it to me. I had no idea. Clint Eastwood and Jack Nicholson. Huh. And neither one of them could do it. But John Carpenter was like, yes. You know, There was never another option. People might balk at Clint Eastwood... But he also did a little movie called Every Which Way But Loose, where he, he boxed people with an orangutan. I was going to say, he, he drove around in a truck with right, an orangutan. Right, right. So, he's, so I would he not had put that it truck past driving him. experience. He had, that, he had that flair for, you know, I could do some fun shit every now and then. I don't have to be an old brooding son of a bitch. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that was before he got that old. But I mean. Well, and this was before Jack Nicholson's Joker. Yeah. Um, And even though the Joker is a psychopath. Jack Nicholson played him with so much fun I can't and see. so much flair. Yeah, he did. He really did. Um, but I still can't. But it see would have been a else. much different movie. It wouldn't have. I mean, Kurt Russell's giving worked. his best John Wayne impression through half the movie. It's those fantastic. catchphrases. I mean, at one point he's on the phone, trying with the insurance agency, <laughs> just trying to track down his truck. Like it's a real scene while everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. Before I get ahead of myself, they're in the airport. Because <laughs> he agrees, he wants he he wants that money that from that wager. So he agrees to take. He agrees take to take Wayne to the airport to pick yeah. up the love of his life. And this is one of my favorite scenes because they just throw all the characters at you and all the exposition <laughs> in one scene. Who's that? Oh, she's trouble. She's a lawyer. <laughs> How do you know? Gracie Law. You know? <laughs> stay away from her. <laughs> stay, oh, whoa. Don't do it, Jack. Stay away from those guys. Even though we just met, stay away from those guys. Yeah. They're the Viper Death Squad of the, the underground. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the Death Eaters of Hogwarts. <laughs> stay away from them and yeah. their sunglasses. Right. Those glasses, Those man. Those glasses were great. Those glasses were wild. Punks from Chinatown. <laughs> you know? And then the girl that she was waiting for, I guess an exchange student girl waiting I for her visa. I don't think she was an exchange. Maybe she was an exchange student. I'm not sure. She was someone trying there to There was a throwaway China. line. Yeah. She says uh, in the scene later, um, well, Jack's on the phone in a kimono. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Of course, because his clothes got wet. Because <laughs> that's why, what I would do. Put why on wouldn't kimono. he be in a kimono, you know? And so while Jack's on the phone, Gracie Law rushes in, and she says she was at the... Oh, no, it's not in that. It's seen. It's when they go to her apartment slash office 
and the girl Tara is her name and she's in the apartment and she says to them I was that's why I was at the airport protecting her civil rights making sure she gets a chance right so I got the sense maybe it was on a student visa or whatever it was Something but she like was that. leaving China everybody was there for different reasons her civil rights right. would have been violated otherwise but Mao Yin is the one that gets abducted right. by the gang and not by Lopan's gang right no, away just by the gang just by the gang so they can sell her for I guess prostitution and right and and then that's another very real thing absolutely that gets thrown up in your absolutely. face is the the prostitution ring right. and it's all sex trafficking right. it's all and I feel like we're hearing more and more about it now yeah, like it's a new epidemic. Yeah, right. and it was just kind of in there, and they don't really, they don't really go into it too much. Because somehow Gracie Law knows about Gra- all Gracie the seedy Law underbelly to, of this right. entire. And that's why Gracie Law is there in Chinatown right. because she's she on a mission. Knows, she knows that it's c- controlled by you know uh, large crime syndicates. And who is Gracie Law? She's trouble. Kim Cattrall. <laughs> <laughs> Kim Cattrall before she had all the sex in the city. That's right. Before you know, Mannequin even, before wasn't it? Before Mannequin, I'm yes. Not sure, I'm, I'm not sure I think what you Mannequin it was. 86. Mannequin was right around the I same time. I thought she time. was so fine when I saw this movie. I was like, Kim Cattrall. Kim Damn. Cattrall. John Carpenter also had to fight for her to be in this Really? Movie. Yes. They wanted somebody much bigger. They wanted more of a rock star. Man. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. old John. And you know? Kim Cattrall at the time was doing theater and had to leave shoots early on the weekends to go do her play. Wow, mm-hmm. that's great. I had no yeah. idea. And she was only doing films at the time because uh, she loved the theater but couldn't make enough money in it. Right. And needed that kind of makes sense. Needed to pick up a movie here and there, so she you're didn't trying, have to waitress. You're trying to tell me she did this movie for the money? <laughs> she didn't do this for the uh, the script or the art. She, she said she liked the script. Okay. Though. Okay. And if you and compared to other movies of the time, for a for a woman, I mean, she's not. She's not this damsel in distress right. character. And she's not, she's not the Mao Yin character. No. Yeah. Mao Yin has like two words. And it's all, no, stop. No, stop. You're hurting me. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to do my best anime voice for that. Um, <laughs> Which is what, it, I mean, they didn't even give her, a, they didn't even have her speak Chinese. Like she is just off the boat. I know. <laughs> Poor thing. You know, right off of there. I guess Wang and her really have strong connection because they don't really, well, I guess I'll get to that part later. Because he does escape at one point and then forgets all about her. Well, then they no. have to go back. Hold on. Before, no, before he forgets about her, in the scene where they're in his house or his father's house, whoever's house it is, and Jack Burton's on the phone yelling about the truck, <laughs> Wang <laughs> says, you lost a truck. How do you think I, I feel? I lost a whole girl. Oh, no, he does say a whole girl. I lost a whole a girl. A whole girl. Well, that's swell, isn't it? I lost a whole Not girl. Like, Oh, the love of my life. Right, right. She's I lost in, the whole girl. You know, I lost the whole girl. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> we got to talk about how the shit hits the fan when they go down that alleyway. That is incredible. That it is really one of my is. favorite so, scenes of any movie because here you have the two main characters and it works so well because Wang gives him the setup the, of all the characters. He says, oh my God, those are the uh, the fighting tongs. 
the Ching Sangs. We get the sharks and the jets. Right. And they're in the middle. But he gives it he gives it to them all on a platter. Yeah. And he's yeah. and it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't right. feel like they're holding our hand. It's like, oh, who is that? And he's like, he's right. telling him. And and Jack Burton is our avatar. He's our guy that we're right. seeing that world through. And he's like, Oh, what the hell's going on? Right. Who are these assholes? You know? <laughs> what about these red turbans? Right, exactly. <laughs> and then the three guys come up with the crazy powers and the storms. And he's like, Who are these assholes? And the three storms. What? And yeah. then Lopan, we get to meet right. Lopan. We meet Lopan right away. And it's oh crazy because Wang has, you know, he says later on, like, we, we're taught this stuff. You know, we're taught about the magic. But when we grow up, we think it's not real anymore. Right. But we right. know it is real. Right. And that's kind of the that, where that all comes from. So it makes sense that in the moment when he's watching it, he's like, Oh yeah, it's this. Oh yeah, it's that. Yeah. Oh, it's that. Yeah. Oh, that's what that is. Oh, get that. Get out of here. How, how did you feel about that whole fight scene with the two different clans like fighting each other? I loved it. I thought yeah. it was great. Me too. I think it's one of those. Now, here's another thing that I learned. Yeah. <laughs> reading Wikipedia, the original script, which apparently was complete garbage, John Carpenter <laughs> hated it. Everybody that came across it hated it, and they asked the original screenwriter to adapt it to something different and he refused so they got a new guy to do it um the guy that ended up adapting it was the same guy that wrote total recall oh nice and then the first guy fought for screenwriting credit that's not a problem by the and way because that script is amazing too. oh no screenwriter <laughs> yeah no total Recall's great absolutely what happened but it was funny because john carpenter was mad at the was like that's first script was garbage give right, the new right, guy right. the writing credit and they they kind of gave him like a shared credit but yeah anyway um, the original script was supposed to take place in 1880s San what? Francisco. Yes. It was supposed to be a Western. Okay. With a Western. Still immersed with, in like a little Chinatown? Yes. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So 1880s San Francisco, you got the gold rush railroad building. Okay. So a large Chinese population. Sure. Sure. Um, I could actually but, see that. And But the Western, so like uh, Jack Burton is still a similar character. But just like a cowboy that rides into town. I guess if it was a Western, he would have had to have been more of a drunk, you know? Yeah. To kind of play up that a little bit more. But for me, that brawl scene in the alley would have translated really well into that that world. Absolutely. Especially like they start out with a couple of guns and then they just throw the guns away. Right. And they go hand to hand. Hand to hand. And I feel like that would have happened in the Old West. You didn't have a ton of bullets. It wasn't quick and easy to it's not like a mob shootout yeah you know where you got you know somebody with a tommy gun how do you feel about the special effects in this movie i loved them yeah me too i mean they're not they still work right yeah they still work the lightning guy it's campy but that yeah it is okay so i watched this movie with my son yeah and he comes on screen they the first storm that shows up and he's not even the lightning one i forget which one he is with the hat and everything yeah but the first storm that shows up my son's like where did Raiden come from? God, how original! I'm Actually like, came from this movie. I'm like, this is like ten years before <laughs> Mortal Kombat. This was the uh, this Raiden is, was inspired from that character yes, in this movie. It was, and uh, so was uh, Sung Shun. It's okay. Lopan inspired somebody too. Oh, okay. The the first big bad. The first big bad in the in, first in the first Mortal Kombat. Okay, all right. I can he see was, that. He was based on Lopan. How great is Lopan in this movie? And I feel like uh, Wang is very similar to Liu Kang's character. Oh, I can see that, yeah. Especially like the the scene where they're flying. Oh my God, yeah. 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 I I didn't read that specifically, but I just feel like all of it was... No, I, I 100% yeah. agree with you. 
like there's so much from it. And I remember playing Mortal Kombat for the first time and thinking, this is a, yeah. what is this, Big Trouble in Little China? Yeah, this me too. All, yeah. Me too. Yeah. And even now watching it as a grown man, mm-hmm. you know what I, I think I enjoyed more was the dialogue. I never really noticed how great the dialogue was before. Yeah. Like they really focus on setting up every character and even like while they're trying to introduce each other at that table with, and then Egg Shen gets introduced mm-hmm. all of a sudden to the group. All of a sudden, everyone's along for the ride. Meanwhile, Jack Burton the entire time's on the phone with the insurance agent. Just being like, where's my truck? Right, exactly. And then we got the reporter coming yes, in yes. and all that. She's, so, just, she's just trying to make a big break. So the reporter is a... It, the reporter and Gracie Law, they both do quite a bit of like Mrs. Exposition. Sure. Stepping in sure. and being like, well, I'm covering this and this is who you met and blah, blah, you know. But, right. But as you stated before, we got Jack Burton there who doesn't know what's going on. Right. And that's why. And you need to. Yeah. So it makes sense while they're doing that. Yeah. So they did find a way to fit all that in there. And they also find a way to get Kurt Russell back into his... uh. His old used car costume from, used, from that movie, Used Cars, <laughs> when he has to go infiltrate. And it is the, the exact costume. It is the exact yes. costume? Yes. Holy shit, yes, look Wikipedia at that. Yes, said that. It's the exact costume. Shut up. And I was just throwing that out there. Because he looked costume. just like, he's like, <laughs> and it's I not love tax that deductible, scene. is it? I love that scene right before they go in because he, <laughs> she's, you know, she's telling him what he has to do, how he's got to play that up. Yeah. And... And then I think it's Wang that's like, you, you got to make sure you look really stupid. And she's like, don't worry, he does. <laughs> and the next thing we see is, oh boy, is it raining cats yeah, and dogs. Oh, I love it. And this scene in the brothel, I remember it not sitting right to me as a kid. Really? But not really getting why. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I thought that was still part of Lopan's thing when I saw it as a kid. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I don't know if I knew... I can't remember if I like understood it was a brothel, if I knew exactly what was going on. I probably like had some hint, but not exactly. But the part that gets to me now seeing it is when he's asking, when he's trying to say the, you know, what girl he wants. Right. And he says, uh, I'm in the mood for a girl with green eyes. Yeah. And she says, Chinese girls do not come in green eyes. Right. And it's very much like I'm dealing a product. Yeah. To you right yeah. now. Yeah. And for a comedy, you don't see that kind of yeah. darkness a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You I, didn't, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. And it was like it stood out to me seeing it now. And it's like, oh, that because maybe it bothered me as a kid and I didn't understand why. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, that's why. I didn't like, get it. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't understand it. I was like, okay, so he's there. He's, he's just there to try to rescue her right. and sneak in. And, 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 and that's that part of to... Lopan's gang. And those women that are scantily clad in, in lingerie, that's just how it is in Little China. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I mean, I was like six or seven when I first saw this, you right. know? And then even later in my early teenage years, I was like, I still didn't really get it. I was just yeah. kind of watching it for how it made me feel as a kid. Right. And then watching it again from like a more critical angle as an adult. And I've seen it a handful of times. Like it's the kind of movie that if it came on cable, I'm watching it. Yes. If it was on Netflix, I put it on in the background. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tried to show my wife at least two or three times. She had no interest whatsoever. It's <laughs> like, what is this? What is this? Um, but no, I like it. And I, I never noticed that it does have a little bit of a little tinge of that kind of yeah. serious tone in there. But ultimately, Lopin's uh, three storms and the Raiden guys come in and kidnap Meow Lin. Meow? Meow Yin? Meow? <laughs> meow Meow. No, meow Meow. I think, it's, I think it's Meow Yin. Okay. Meow Yin. Yeah. It's and difficult for us to get our 
Yeah. White people tongues. Well, there. I will. Say, I just got to say this too. Look, all jokes aside, there are. There's a lot of Ching Sangs. There's a lot of Wangs. There's a lot of Wangs. Yeah, in this. I think one of the gangs is called the Chin Sangs. That's the good guys are. Yeah. And then the and then the Wang Chong Kongs are the bad guys. So it's like it sounds like we could be extremely racist right now, but I but promise you, really folks, these are the ter- to. <laughs> these are the terms. And I might mess <laughs> up a Chang or something like that, but that's really because. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, almost everybody in this has that. And like even the, the the credits in this movie has people listed as like second Chang. And, yeah, and like, yeah. And like missing ear. Yeah. And like, you know, like they don't. It's like, wow, okay. They were just trying to cover their bases, you yeah, know? Yeah. Well, and oh, I just had a point and I lost it. Oh, man, you lost the thread. That's my fault. I was rambling. No, but that's. Um, oh, we were. Ta- oh, I know what I was thinking about. So the gang is there to kidnap somebody coming out of the airport. Yeah. Coming off the plane. Sure. So there's a plane from presumably Hong Kong. Sure. Or, well, well, he did say that Miao Yin was coming from Peking, which is now Beijing. Okay, yeah. But at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was Peking, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so a plane coming from China, people, di- you know, directly in, maybe they don't have papers yet. Maybe they have, you know, they may not have someone waiting there at the airport for them. They're there to kidnap yeah. a woman. Yeah. They're there to kidnap a woman yeah. that will not be missed. Right. And that they can keep as a prostitute. Exactly. And I think that things like that are still happening now. Yeah. And it's probably not quite as much as these three guys in goofy sunglasses getting somebody off a plane, but more like coyotes smuggling people across the border. Right. Or th- things like that, where it's like, okay, we're just going to send this woman or child or whatever it is right into this little so it's like there were those things in there that they don't really explain yeah but it's probably very much real absolutely this is absolutely because it's kind of good they brush over it because it's a comedy right (laughs) so we're not uh, trying to make this like taken no exactly (laughs) exactly um you know and like it's it's crazy like but it is crazy to think that people might not realize how long that thing that that kind of stuff's been going on right i mean at one of my old moon bases in a former tahiti there was a policy that came out where everybody was saying we have a zero tolerance on human trafficking you know and and it was like well yeah (laughs) i mean (laughs) i always wonder when these things come out like these waves of campaigns you know these advertisements like "Well, well yeah i mean i would i don't think i have any i don't i don't think i've met anybody that says well Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, like no one's ever like, and, and that's not to be like a naysayer or a cynic to be like, no, you know, I we shouldn't raise that. awareness or anything like that. I, absolutely. But at the same time, it's like, well, let's try to do it in a more, you know, less stringent kind of like, we have an absolute no way fucking holds barred, zero tolerance on any, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, yeah, everybody, nobody does. It's like zero tolerance of racism, zero tolerance on, you know, horrible things in the world. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's let's have a tolerance for the other things that lead to these horrible things, you know, so we can actually like try to fix them, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Or a tolerance for like understanding how it right. happens right. or how it leads to this or right. what are the circumstances, you know, without something down that depressing right. trail. Right. So bring us back, please, because I'm lost again. <laughs> so, Lauren, uh, help. Help, Lauren. Help. So Take us back to the movie where they go in to Lopan. So they get into Lopan's. <laughs> oh, they, they pretend to be the phone company for Christ. How great is that? <laughs> they pretend to be the phone company with and he with walks Jack in Burton's with a phone, wife beater, and torn up jeans <laughs> and denim and those hooker oh, boots. Uh, and they just come in. I love working nights, don't you? Isn't it great? 
Isn't it great though? Because that that kind of works in a well, lot of situations. They let them in, but only because they know they can capture them. I know, I know. They go into that death elevator and of doom. And it's fantastic. It's great. You know? I love it. And then the next guy letting them in um, is one of the storms in a in a business suit. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't help you. Yeah. I almost did the voice, and it was like, "Come on, Nick, what are you gonna do? You're gonna do the Chinese <laughs> accent in there, and it's, it's probably uh, not. Probably not. Probably not. Um, but it is. It is remarkable, you know, in the sense that one can remark about it, right? I mean, well, and this is the let's, scene. Let's give this guy a so line right before this scene. Jack Burton is getting ready to storm in. Yeah, and he goes through the plan. All right, everybody, here's the plan. Oh, do it, do it, do it. We're going in. We'll do this. If we're not back by dawn, call the president. Isn't that great? But call look, the president. But look, but look, kids, kids listening to the podcast. I know call this is- Call Ronald Reagan. He will care. <laughs> Dude, this is an audio format kind of thing, so you can't see Lauren's face when she was delivering that line, but seriously, <laughs> she was not exaggerating. That was a, uh, that was a verbatim impression. <laughs> now, the only thing she missed out on was the fact that Jack Burton actually winked after he did it. He was like, cool. Like, he- I think that's what makes that line so great because he himself knew it was cheesy, but he was trying to be like inflate himself. He had like, to have all this bravado. Yes, yeah. Call the president, and he just winks at them. And I and I actually laughed out loud at my desk, like watching this thing because I was watching the rest of my lunch break. Boom, bass in Tahiti, no big deal. It's not my fault. It's a slow hump day, and uh, you know, I'm dying over here because. He just doesn't get it, and I I think it's perfect. And I just I've always loved him as an actor, but he just nails every aspect of this. He's just along for the ride. He just wants his truck. He's a reluctant hero. He's an accidental hero. I mean, he's kind of a badass. When they go down that death elevator, he opens the elevator doors. They're swimming on a mountain amongst yeah. all these corpses. He's got the knife in his mouth. Yeah, he looks the part. That's very badass. You know, he's got yeah. those muscles. He's got some guns when he takes off that denim jacket. Oh but, yeah, and he's got that horrific shirt. He was that, ripped. <laughs> And it was quasi mullety. I guess he had a quasi mullet. Yeah, a little, you know? uh, a bit of a quaff. Yeah, you know, but it was good. Yeah, you know, acceptable mullet. Yeah, he could wear that mullet right now and yeah. not get pointed and, and laughed at. I can't remember how do they get, how do they meet old Lopan? So they get, uh, they're tied up. It's it's before they're tied up, right? Oh. Before they're tied up in the cell, because they get out of there and then. Well, they're tied up when Lopan comes in. Yeah, and. That's right. It is before they're in that cell. Yeah. Because yeah. they're tied up. The guys are in the suits. The storms are in the suits there. Because this is like the whole. They're in the throne the room. The they're throne in the throne room. room, which is filled with uh, Buddhas. Of course it is. Is it Buddhas? But it, I like Buddhas. Buddhas. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> the, the, Buddhas? That's, that's the one thing that probably did not make sense. Because okay. clearly, if you're practicing this mystic. And and Lopan is he like a demigod? He's trying to appease a demon. He's yeah. You're not yeah. gonna have Buddhas in right. there. You're Probably not gonna not. have a Buddha in there because that's a completely different religion. Yeah. Um, but it looked cool. It looked cool. You can't it fault cool. costume design and set design no. for just throwing that in there. Yeah, you know, poor cool. like Frank Hodge or whatever his name is, or you know, was like, hey, look, John. Um, I got 21 Buddhas. What do you want me to do with them? <laughs> I mean, I know, I know you wanted dragons, but look, you know what I'm saying. So they just had to do what they had to do. I thought a lot yeah. of the decorations actually looked really good. A lot they of the did. Set design. Yeah, that and that whole uh, escalator thing that comes down before the marriage yeah. scene. Yeah, with the skull mouth and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was really cool. They get taken to the throne room. Old ass Lopan. Old ass Lopan. Now this is something they didn't do a great job of explaining either. And maybe you can help me ex- sure. understand this a little better. So we understand that Lopan was some kind of demon. I think 
his story is that he's been a sorcerer, much like Egg Shen. Okay, but okay. he so was he's a, cursed after. He's a sorcerer. He he pissed off the dragon god. He he pissed off the the demon god or whatever. The demon dragon. To, yeah. The dragon demon. Yeah. And he was cursed to be in, to live in an old shell. Was it the old shell, or was it that he didn't have flesh and blood? Because when he is seven foot tall, right. floats through walls, David exactly. Lopan. He can't touch anything. He can't right. touch Mao Yin. He can't right. put his hands on anything. Correct. Um, That's why I thought when he can, the only flesh he could be in see, was I was, old body. I was thinking that, that was too. But then my son was asking me like, what's the deal? And I was like, well, I think that he does have actually have an aging body. Right. But it's a thousand years old. He really like can't his, do anything with it. That's like his totem, much like Leo DiCaprio's totem in Inception. That's okay. his link to the real world. Okay. So 2,000 years, he's been waiting for the girl with green eyes. It has to be a girl with green eyes. You know what I'm saying to to appease the demon, so the demon will let him have flesh again. You you brought this up, and I I have to skip to the end. Yeah, go for it. Because we got to talk about this green eye. Go, go bitch. yeah, yeah, go for it. I didn't mean to say bitch. I meant to say bullshit. <laughs> it's okay. It's 2018. <laughs> we can say bitch again, right? No, we no, can't. Because oh. well, I didn't mean talk about the women green eyes. I meant we need to talk about this bullshit about the green eyed woman. Right. Because right. 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 It makes sense. If he was in China for two thousand years and didn't know how to leave China, sure, uh, that he might not be able to find a Chinese woman with green eyes, sure, who could pass the burning blade test, sure. Great blue oyster cult song, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Not burning blade test, but just burning blade. Anyway, it is nineteen eighty six. Yeah, he clearly has the ability to travel the world. Sure. Mao Yin shows up. They do the burning blade, you know, like they're prepared to go on with her. But mm-hmm. then he finds Gracie Law. Yeah. Kidnaps Gracie Law, decides he's going to put her through the test as well. Well, yeah. If he could take any woman of European descent with green eyes and do this test on her, you're telling me that not one in 2,000 years. I think he realized he could sacrifice one and then keep Mao Yin. But what you're right. arguing is, but why, he it never could even be, tried it. You could you could have used anybody if you could yeah, take you Kim Cattrall. Yeah, you could have anybody with green eyes. Right, if right. she was gonna pass it and be, acceptable. it made a little bit more sense when it had to be an Asian woman with green eyes because yeah. that's a lot more rare. And I feel like this story right here too also would have worked better in 1880 San Francisco. That they yeah, they yeah, that's a point because there would have been. You know, maybe he's just come from China to America. But then we wouldn't have had that great exchange between Jack Burton and the wonderful, fabulous James Hong, who played Lopan, by the way. I fucking love that guy. He's a great character actor. Yes. And he was great in this movie. But yes. that exchange when he's like, oh, I don't buy it, Dave. He's calling him Dave Dave Lopan, you know. What, 2,000 years you couldn't find a chick, you know. And he's like, there have been others. Sure, <laughs> to be sure, you know. You know. You understand. And he almost has a little bit of camaraderie, Jack Burton, in that scene. Cause he's he like, does. You understand the ways of failing for a woman. You know? And it's like, wow, do you kind of have a little sparring and match? And I, I really never like get tired of that. the comedy of old Lopan. The, oh! Yeah. <laughs> oh! Like, he makes these crazy noises. Yes. It's like It's like a Skeletor yes. comedic... Uh, when does he have like this squeal like oh more people yeah. they're coming here yeah yeah like yeah. he's like squealing with delight over well, the he goes that... he goes up against uh, egg shen and he does this weird like video game thing with his thumbs yeah. you know yes. interlocking them yeah. you know with his ring finger and and like where they have these laser projections of these warriors that they're using and i like when he looks at what egg chen is doing and he calls it peasant magic exactly like, yeah. yeah no but he, especially, he looks like he had a lot of fun with this role but i think especially old lopan had 
it, just like this comedic value. Oh yeah, in a very you know? Yoda esque kind of Frank Oz kind of way. Yes, you know, yes. Just roll with it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I yeah. loved it. I loved it. So we skip to the end, then we're back to the middle. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of how we do it on this show. When the when one of the storms comes in to check on him. They have to put their Jack, blindfold back on. Right, because Jack Burton had his knife in his hooker well, boot, you know? Well, what's going on is he's bringing in Eddie. Yes. The friend. And that's another thing. My son was like, why is he in a separate place than them? I'm like, they're women. They're going right. to be sold back into they're slavery. They're going to be sold back into slavery. Come on, guy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's he comes in there with Eddie to, uh, you know, to put him in there with the men. Right. And that's when we get the the bear hug scene. Yeah, and we get to see and, his power where he blows up. And what storm is he? Is he? He's thunder. Thunder. Yeah. Thunder. The other guy's wind, which I guess he had balls that he would blow at Jack Burton and yeah, make him. And that long hair. And that, that long I hair that was wispy and yeah, yeah, and he could fly. Yeah. yeah. Sort of. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess they all could fly, but yeah, Thunder's thing was he could like, kind of inflate, you know. And, yeah. That was pretty cool. And Jack Burton falls off him and it goes down the wheelchair, down that ramp, and he has to like get him <laughs> get out of that thing before he falls in the well. That is a cool scene. That's a cool scene. But ultimately they Very find Gracie yeah. and the reporter and Eddie, all of them together, and they break out of there. You know, Leaving there's an, there's behind Mao Yin. Mao Yin, yeah. There's another Still great behind. fight scene where Jack Burton comes out, fucking Wang takes out like ten guys, Jack Burton is stumbling to get his knife out of his boot, he drops it, and by the time he comes back, he sh- jumps back on screen, he's like, Yeah, you know and he's ready to fight and of course it's too late (laughs) Wang's already taken out the trash it's another great scene that is a great scene yeah then they have to swim out and then Gracie gets kidnapped by some kind of crypto ape type creature yeah and Mao Yin is still in there so they have to go back they have to go back and stop the wedding and and save the day right and And that's the movie kids and well and the next thing we see is the the preparation for the brides. The brides yeah. are there. They're floating. They're watching. They have to watch the uh, the three storms do their. It reminded yeah, kinda, me. Yeah. It reminded me of my son did Taekwondo. I realized Taekwondo oh, yeah? is Korean and not Chinese. Um, so don't come at us with the pitchforks and torches, kids. Okay, <laughs> Jesus. But um, but the in that form of martial arts in Taekwondo, you would do these moves called your pumse. Okay. And it was like a, a series of poses for fighting. Okay. And you would do like, you know, and that's where like the, they don't say Ia in um, Pumse or in, in Taekwondo, but um, like where you, when you hear like karate, like people doing karate and yeah. they're like, yeah, yeah, like that kind of. That's channeling their chi, it's a, so to speak, without. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of, that's kind of the idea, but it's like you're doing this series of movements and you're showing off your form. As you do it, and it was actually the pumse was how you would get, you know, you had to memorize all these motions to get onto oh, the next okay. belt level. Okay. In Taekwondo, because it's, it's, it's it's almost like so, a dance in a way, because it's like a it's like a strict discipline for you to like yes. focus your your t- your your form yes. or your tone. You know what I'm saying? So, so this that, kind of reminded me of that that they were displaying their martial arts capabilities. I like it. Before the win, but in a way, it was like to hypnotize them. It seemed like, like to prepare them for what they were about to endure. Like you have yeah. to, you have to watch this, and then you're gonna float to the ceiling and and tame the burning blade. And I thought it was just kind of John Carpenter's way of just throwing in something that was Asian, you know, and just <laughs> kind of like, look, I want to throw a little bit more Asianness in here so that people don't think we're just straight up making a mystical magic spoof on Chinese culture here that we want to 
we want to kind of throw some kind of representation into this and I didn't you know. um, look up specifically anything about the display of martial arts that they used. Yeah, because I don't know if it was anything, kung fu yeah. or like because kung fu is Chinese, right? And then karate is Japanese, right? Um, is that is that incorrect or is that way off? I think you're right. I okay. think you're right, but I I'm not sure. Because um, I'm thinking of like Iron Fist, you know, yeah. and Luke Cage, you know, right. in the comics, Iron Fist is like teaching him about Kung Fu and like mm-hmm. he goes to China and he goes to Hong Kong. And so I'm like, okay, well, that kind of, that's yeah. more grounded, you know. Yeah. So I don't know what, and I mean, there are several branches of martial arts from all over Asia. Sure. Different, you know. And I don't think anybody was watching this kind of movie and going, hold up. That's, that's not. Jitsu. Right. That's That's not, it's from India. That's right. not, you know. That's capoeira. Banana way. <laughs> Banawe. Yeah. You pulled out Capoeira. You, oh my God. Damn right. I thought that was Krog McGraw. I thought I remember Krog kids McGraw? at our high school would, would do that. I remember that Capoeira in the hallway. Yeah. I thought at lunchtime. That was Man. crazy. Come on, guys. <laughs> I'm going to go wear a dress and a play, but I'm going to make fun of your Capoeira. <laughs> who the fuck am, who am I? You know what I mean? Oh, God. That was too cool for that. I got to go put on a dress <laughs> and jump on the wall and kiss a guy. I think my parents think that like I had like this experience with boys because I, I mentioned that I was, I think it, earlier on I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with my sexuality. But when I said it, it was like, I was in, I was in theater and like I did stuff and I did like one act stuff and I would, you know, do improv stuff. Yeah. And like, I had a friend where I just kissed him right on the lips, you know, and it was in the play. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I was saying like, I've been around and I had to do some things for you know to to get along here. You know what I'm saying? But you ever I think suck dick for crack. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, no, I haven't. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> but I think my parents had it in their head like for a while after that that I was like coming out and saying like, you know, well, that I, I had some. We ex- should prepare ourselves. For I had this. some experiences. <laughs> you know. And my sister came out and they were like, absolutely fine with it. But if I come out, God forbid, that would have fucking blown the roof. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, you can be a lesbian. Yeah, no, we're Democrats. You know You know what I mean? I mean, that was never officially said, of course, but let's be honest, you know. And it's like, well, actually, I'm gay too, Dad. So you can wave goodbye to any thought of seeing me walk down the aisle. Wait, what? Or have the family name continue. That's what the problem would have been. The walk family the name aisle, continuing. The family name, see? The family name continuing. And it's all about the legacy. Just like Lopan and his legacy. See That's what I did way there? Way to bring it back. Bringing bring it, back. it back. Still got it. Yeah. So uh, we were we were talking about that wedding scene. The wedding. And Egg Shen has to get everybody drunk so they feel confident enough right. to fight everybody, which they, I love that. They drink some smoke out of a gourd. I love that. Yeah. You know, I'm I actually really, feeling pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really. And and then, so I think the whole, the whole throne scene. Oh, we didn't even talk about the little uh, eyeball camera. Oh yeah, what was that thing? It was very Star Warsy. I loved it. Yeah. Like, where are you coming from? I like yeah. that we don't see a lot of that until almost the very end of the movie. We see like a Beast Man from like Masters of the Universe mm-hmm. kidnap Kim Cattrall. Right. We didn't see that till almost the end of the movie. Um, and, then we and that thing looked great, thing. by the way. It still yeah. held up. I don't yeah. care. You know. Yeah. I mean, you could tell it was a guy in a costume, but I loved it. It was practical. Mm-hmm. You know, and even the floating eye thing with the that looked really good. It was good, right? Yeah, even like like I said, I watched this movie with my son, and he was like, "Oh, that's disgusting." There you go. He that's didn't the test say, right there. He didn't say, "Oh, that's cheesy," or that's "Oh, great. come on." He was like, "That's disgusting." I love, by the way, I love that you watched this with your son too. By the way, that's it, just great. That, yeah. That's special. I love I wanted, that. I wanted to bring him here tonight. Um, he ended up not coming. 
Um, but he was for a second. He was like, "Yeah, I'll talk about it on the. I'll talk about it on a podcast with you, sure." But um, he decided last second. He's like, "I don't want to hang out with mom and this weirdo not. in a garage." But part of what wanted me to come talk about it um, was hearing you and your mom talk about the labyrinth together. Oh, I just went back and listened to that episode. So uh, any Comic Con listeners, go back and listen to Nick's episode of the labyrinth. Where he and his mom discuss yeah, we, it. It's we really break it down. Yeah, she. I did a few shows with her. She did the, the first one we did was Planet of the Apes, and that was really cool because we did the, we watched the original in theaters. They brought it back for theater for like one day. And we watched that, and it was cool seeing hearing her experience with it when it first came out in theaters, and then watching it again with her, you know, and talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Even and Labyrinth was great too until she started talking about David Bowie's you know cod piece <laughs> and all that, you know. Which <laughs> <laughs> you know. She, but yeah, but she's great. She didn't overstep it, though, I didn't uh, think. No, I thought she good. did a really good well, job. Thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, but that's kind of the test that I use is if he'll like it, Yeah, I know it still holds I up. love that you watched that with him because yeah. my mom is the person that introduced me and my sisters to a lot of the movies, specifically my older sister and I, because my little sister liked him too, but my sister and I liked, my older sister and I dove in. Yeah. You know, like yeah. movies like this, I mean, Aliens, you know, Predator, you know, Total Recall, all that great late 80s, early 90s infusion of just like everything's in extremes, okay? Yeah. There's lasers, tits, robots, you know, just... Three tits even Three sometimes. tits even sometimes. <laughs> there you go, you know? And just, I mean, they were making almost anything you could throw a stick at. <laughs> anything you could imagine. Anything you could imagine. To, they were throwing it all out there. Right. There, were, there was... Like this movie like wouldn't no be limit. made today. Maybe no. it would be. I don't know. Well, they were they talking about redoing it. This one. I I heard that rumor too, but I I, I don't I don't want to believe it. No, I and, don't I don't want to see I, it redone. And I, I love really the Rock. Love I love the Rock, but I don't need to see him in a, in a Big Trouble in Little China remake. And that's who they were talking about with you know for a little while there. He's too big. Yeah, and he's funny. But I'm just not just not. Oh, that's the. That's right. That's the yeah. storm coming. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Whether it's wind, <laughs> rain, or thunder, thunder, you, rain, or lightning. When you're cruising along the Pork Chop Express. <laughs> and some seven-foot-tall, thousand-year-old <laughs> sorcerer asks if you paid your dues. Your check is in the mail, bud. <laughs> I love it. What's your favorite scene from this movie? Um... Oh, by the way, kids, they win the day. Lopen gets killed in a wonderful exchange. My favorite scene is we haven't come up to it yet, and this is my favorite scene, so it's fantastic. Um, just after, so they're in the, they're, they interrupt the wedding, and they've been quiet because they're waiting for Lopen to have flesh and blood. Mm. They don't want to kill him yet. They, they know they can't kill him until he has flesh and blood. Correct. And then they're going to kill him for good, so he can right. never do this again. And... The eyeball sees him. They stab the eyeball. Yeah, of course. Then he's, you know, he's got a little bit. It's working. I'm yeah. bleeding. <laughs> he's so excited. And they, uh, you know, so there's a big fight. You yeah. mentioned the the video game in the background with the lasers yeah, and all yeah, yeah. that. And Wang is flying across the room of with water. And we've got, I mean, just every, anything you can imagine happening. There's right. some crazy fight. Poor, poor it's Jack a, Burton's got his his knife stuck in a guy in a Shogun. He yeah. <laughs> after he wakes up from being knocked out. This is it. It's a really great fight scene in the throne. It's room. wonderful. And um, Jack rescues Gracie. They're in an elevator, and obviously, 
that sexual tension is just too much. Oh my they're God, both way too much. And she's like, is this even happening? And they're both making out in this freight elevator and instead of escaping. All, all over And him. he leaves this elevator, lipstick all over, and he goes to, he interrupts. It's the Storms, right? It's Lopan. Lopan and, and the Storms and Malian. Yeah. And he goes off on one of his, it's only the one storm. Right, it's Thunder. It's Thunder. Right, because Thunder delivers that one rain, horrible line. Rain was already killed. Right, um, he was stabbed in the stomach by Wang. By Wang, while they're flying. At him. Yeah. yeah, lightning's nowhere to be found yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah, we don't see lightning yet. But Jack Burton storms in and he starts on a on a monologue. Yeah. Do you remember it? Yeah, well, he comes in and he goes. At a time like this, Jack Burton always says. You know what Jack Burton says? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and that's what he says. He says, "What the hell?" I was like, but. What? I thought you were going to say something a little bit more prolific. But, but before that, you know what Jack Burton always says? Yeah, and Lopez. And here goes, and it was thunder. He goes, who? Jack Burton. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, somebody acknowledges out right, loud. Right, Who's Jack who Burton? Who the hell are you, dude? Why right. do you think you're all that? You're not. Right. What the hell? And what he, the hell? And he's and the, that is my favorite scene. Even though two seconds later is when Lopan is finally killed. Right. Well, that's one of my favorite scenes. He throws right. a knife. Throws, first he throws a knife and misses. He misses, and then he gives that great like. He looks up. He rolls his eyes. He's like, "Come on, man! Like, God, you idiot!" Right. It's like he he could be Napoleon Dynamite right. at that moment, kicking himself. Give me your tots. And yeah. saying, "God, freaking idiot!" Oh man. Lopan <laughs> picks up the knife. He's like. Nice knife. <laughs> mm-hmm. Goodbye, Mr. Burton. <laughs> Throws the knife, and he has those reflexes, man. And we saw it in the, in the opening scene. We saw it in scene, the opening scene. In the opening scene with the bottle. Right, exactly. It's all in the reflexes. It, it Jack Burton Boom. catches that I, knife, I throws like how it it's right quick, back. and it, it gets him right in the head. Yeah. And it's quick, and it's over. It's not yeah. a long, drawn-out scene. It's like, wow, all of that led up to this, and it was so quick. And I, I actually well, liked that. Yeah, because all the other fighting, it was already done. Right, exactly. We didn't need to see Lopan get wounded or, or anything right, else. Right, You know, this is his first time having flesh and blood in 2,000 years. Exactly. He's going to die quick. And if that movie was made today, there'd be a floating trash in the sky. There'd be a long, drawn-out countdown sequence, you know. <laughs> Jack Burton would be like 10 times bigger and be like, hold on, you know. Gracie would be like, you know, 20 years younger than the lead for no right, reason. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but uh, my favorite scene is definitely him with the lipstick on his face. I love that. Jack Burton. Me, that's who. Yeah, I love that. Jack Burton says, what the hell? That's a great scene. <laughs> this is such a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then as they all leave, the uh, the storms meet meet their end, the rest of them. So, uh, Thunder, once, David, once Lopan is dead. Thunder gets pissed. Thunder blows up. He's... He's so, he explodes. He's his, so blown. And that too, that that practical effect was so great. cheesy. It's so cheesy though, but it looks so good. Like it's he so just good puffs himself up and blow up. Yeah. yeah, it is very Cabbage Patch. Yeah. Or, yes. <laughs> or or Garbage Pail Kids, I mean. Yes, he looks like a giant Garbage Pail Kid. Yeah. And wow. then uh, Lightning blows himself up as well as they're leaving. Mm-hmm. They drop a boot on his And head. that would be the, oh, that's right. Yeah. But that would be the... A ball of green fire yeah. blew up two city blocks of Chinatown. Exactly, that would be that ball of green fire. There you go. Um, and then, and then they, then they escape and go back to, uh, I guess it's Wang's restaurant. I think it's Wang's house. Yeah. 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 Egg Shen leaves. Yeah. But now we got to talk about Jack Burton's so exit. So Egg Egg Shen leaves, and yeah. it looks like he walks off into where? Nowhere. Into nowhere. Yeah. 
And he's been a sorcerer too. Yeah. For who knows how long. Well, he has to Lopan go. Lopan knows him. Because right. remember, he says, you you know, he. I forget what the line is, but there's a line in that big fight scene where he yeah. acknowledges that they've known each other for a long time. Right, 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 right. And it's not just the last 30 years in Chinatown. He's it's like, a long time. They've returned and they have Egg Shen with them. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he, you know, he knows he him. He knows him. Right. He knows him well. They crossed paths. I liked that. They didn't tell us the whole thing. And they just kind of hinted at it. Yeah. And it seemed like Egg Chen went off. Yeah. But then what did we have in the beginning? We had Egg Chen we with the Egg lawyer. Egg Chen with the lawyer, yeah. Well, I like to think Egg Chen also went back to his his store where he could feed Mogwai and make sure that everything <laughs> was okay before that big burly man came and bought him and caused havoc down in, you know... Cedar Falls or wherever the hell it was <laughs> that they, you know, I like to think it's all one universe. So, but we got Jack Burton's exit. Yeah. Which, by the Checks way, checks in the mail. By the way, I completely forgot how he just stiffed Kim Cattrall. Oh yeah. You know, and even her friends like, aren't you gonna at least kiss her goodbye? He's no. Like, no. No. We had our moment in the elevator. And he rolls. He just yeah. goes no, and he rolls, and like she's like, well, maybe I could go with you one day, and. You could get an apartment in the back of that truck. Like, wait, hold on. What? Hold on. Have a little dignity, girl. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to beg it's him. Very, it's very strange because he she, he says, last chance I could stay here for you. And she doesn't say. Yeah. She doesn't say, no, you should stay here for me. She says, I wouldn't have that in my conscience. But. I know. It's like you she's could get a to bigger be, truck. I know. She's trying to be a strong, independent woman. At the same time, she's like, but I still kind of want you to stay. But well, he's, and you. he does the same thing back to her. Yeah, exactly. It's like he's waiting for her to give in. I kind of like that too. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he go, and then we see him in his truck. And they'd both rather just be on their own than admit that they need somebody. Right. That's good. Damn. And that's why you have Lauren is on a fucking podcast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> because damn. she doesn't look heartbroken either. You're right. He walks away, and she's like, hmm. "You're so right." She's like, "Maybe he'll be back." And I was thinking it was more one sided than that, but you're absolutely yeah. right. It's not. It's yeah. perfect. I need to find out who wrote this script because I want to know what else they wrote. So the, I mean, that dial, the dialogue was all rewritten. It's so good. The first guy, his name was Gary Goldman. Okay, all right. And he's the guy that wrote it as a, um, as a Western. Huh. And then it all got changed. So he wrote, like, the story. Yeah. Interesting. He wrote the, the story, and, and they say that everything was changed um, from the original, almost everything was changed line by line, except for the low pan backstory. Mm. So, um, let's see. So Gary Goldman and David Weinstein were the original writers. W. D. Richter is the guy that wrote the adaptation. Gotcha. Uh, Goldman and Weinstein uh, envisioned a western set in the eighteen eighties. And then Richter was hired to rewrite the script extensively and modernize it. Wow. Um, W.D. Richter. And they wanted Goldman to rewrite it himself, and he, he refused. He was like, no, it's a great story. It's my story. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Um, <laughs> it's like you're never working so again. It, the, uh, let's see here. Richter. Let's see if I can. Uh, I should just click on their names. We did this movie on an old podcast. Um, I did this movie on an old podcast that I used to be on with two other friends of mine years ago, but we didn't break it down like this at all. I think mm-hmm. I think the friends I watched it with they couldn't they had never seen it before, and they watched it for the first time as grown men. They couldn't get past his hooker boots, which I've mentioned 
at least two different times during our <laughs> podcast just now. And we're could. sitting here talking about human trafficking. Exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right. Actually, it was Gary Goldman that wrote Total Recall in Navy SEALs. Oh, that makes so much sense. So the guy that wrote the first story wrote Total Recall. Fuck yeah. The guy that was a, did the adaptation, he is best known for adapting Invasion of the Body Snatchers and the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. That made so much sense. In fact, I should have remembered that. Because mm-hmm. we did Buckaroo Banzai on the show, and oh, Sean yeah. Limley called that out. He's like, he's the guy that wrote Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Like, that makes so much goddamn sense. And so this Richter guy, he doesn't get the credit for writing Big Trouble in Little China. He's just credited as the adapter. The adapter, okay. But John Carpenter says, no, he wrote it. Because no, he, he said that the script was trash before he got his hands on it. Wow. Which is interesting because Total Recall is a great movie. It's a great script, too. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, yeah, I'm, I need to do that on yeah. the show. So, going back to the end of the movie. Sure. Beast Man shows up. Beast Man shows up in the <laughs> truck. Right. Sequel. So this, yeah. Yeah. But not just sequel, but Jack Burton is missing. Right. Nobody knows where he is. Right. Somebody would have found him. There, there was a. If com- he was just, if he was just driving his truck around, there was a comic book that came out a few years ago where it explained where Jack Burton went after that. Some some guys got together and they wrote uh, a comic book and it was a short lived like miniseries and I actually had like one or two of the issues, and he gets kidnapped by that thing and sucked into another conspiracy with another sorcerer and oh, he has wow. to get Egg Shen's help again and like it was actually pretty that. cool. I love um, it. But it was just a comic book, so it was just like a one-shot, kind of four issues kind of thing. But man, I mean, I would have seen that movie too. But if it weren't for that opening exposition scene. Right. With Egg Shen saying, leave him alone, he's a hero, like right, let him right, be. Right, right, right. But where is he? Nobody's seen him. Right, it gives you if the it idea. If it wasn't that, for know. that scene, I would think, oh yeah, he beat that monster, everything's fine. Exactly. Or he, you know, the monster just flew off the truck. Right. And they do leave us with one of the best songs written in... American history, which is Big Trouble in Little China. China. Which is by the Coupe de Ville's <laughs> and John Carpenter plays in that band and he's singing. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. You couldn't just say like, oh, it's the John Carpenter band. It's like, oh, the Coupe de Ville's. It's another band that we got to sing the song. And you can look up the music video on YouTube and it's fantastic. I didn't do that. And they are in an 80s studio all wearing sweaters, Cosby sweaters at that. They all have mustaches and they are singing to their heart's delight. And it is golden. Wow. It is golden. You remember those days when people would like come out with a movie and they'd have to write a and song the that song, had the it, title in yes. it? Like Maniac Cop, you know? He's a maniac cop. Or like Monster Squad. <laughs> Monster Squad. You know, you couldn't just have the movie. I just be listened the movie. to you do Monster Squad today too. That was a great movie. Oh, I love a that. A good movie. episode too. Good great. job. Thanks, thanks. I love that yeah. movie. Yeah. See, this show is really like it really kind of always was a show to talk about movies that we loved yeah. growing up watching. It wasn't just strictly comic book movies or anything like that. It was anything that kind of fit into that world, you know? Mm-hmm. And I found a way to kind of talk about Point Break here and there on my other podcast. Like, <laughs> just, like slip it in there somehow, you know? Just because it's, it's, to me, it's like right up there with like Robocop and this movie. Yeah. And it's like, it's just in that world, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. But speaking of this movie, should we rate it? I'm ready. You know, to rate, you ready, I'm ready to rate, to rate this it. thing? I think. Uh, oh wait, go over the rating system course, for the new listeners. Of course, six beautiful ratings on the show. When we talk about this movie, we have six flavors of positivity. We have call to work good, movie theater good, home video good, 
Let's replace Blu-ray good, okay? Because, you know, not everybody's buying Blu-rays any day. You know, I'm trying to bring back the home video thing. Catch it on cable good. Stick with the flu good. And solitary confinement good. Lauren, what do you say? If I had an opportunity to see this movie, Mm -hmm. and it happened to be on a Tuesday morning. Sure. I would call out of work to see it in the theater. Oh, man. I love it. So the the chances that it's going to be that good or yeah. the, not the chances the chances that it's going to be in a theater are so slim right but let's say we find out oh my god cinema draft house uh, yeah, up yeah, in yeah. up in woodbridge or yeah. wherever the closest one is they're showing big trouble in little china it's on a, a sunday night at, at midnight or on a you know something like that yeah 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 yeah, I would. I'm with you. I would. I would go. I would take that trip and not fake sick, but I would put in for a half a day or something like that. I'm 100 percent with absolutely you. Do that. I'm 100 percent with you, and I I wouldn't put it past him to hit like a, I feel like it's already hit like the 30 year mark. So I feel like it's it could. just it was it was on Facebook actually. Cadence Hayden posted it today that it had just hit the whatever anniversary i think like 33 years okay so i don't know is it 86 so 32 years yeah okay so i could see them doing like a fathom event where they do like a 35 year anniversary because there was a special fathom event that i had to travel to get to yeah and it meant i'd be like out till two in the morning on a work night i would make i would make plans to you know oh i'm i'm sick i uh yeah I got to sleep in a little bit before I'm a, I go to work. I'm 100% with you. I'm 100% yeah. with you. I would I would do the same thing. Yeah. I would see it again in theaters and I would call out of work to see it in theaters yeah. if it was playing again. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love this fucking movie. Yeah. Um, it's a, I'm, it still I'm holds so up. I'm so happy that it held up because yeah. like I said, I hadn't seen it in a long time. I was a little worried. Yeah. And I was and I was really thinking, I was like, man, I'm going to have to make fun of the movie for being racist and and it's it's not racist. It's not at all. It's not. And it's I actually great. really love that they put to work that many Asian actors. Yes. You know? And Dennis Dunn, who yeah. played Wang, he says that. I found a quote of him saying that, that he was so happy. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't tell you who John Carpenter wanted to cast in that role. Who? Jackie Chan. Oh, shut the fuck up. He wanted Jackie, Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan and Jack Nicholson? Holy mm-hmm. shit. Well, no, the studio wanted Jack Nicholson. Oh, that's right, that's right. He wanted Kurt. John wanted Carpenter Kurt. wanted yeah. Kurt Russell. Of course he did. And Jackie Chan. After The Thing? Who wouldn't want it? You know? <laughs> this was before The Thing, wasn't it? This was after. Oh. He had him in Escape from LA, or Escape from New York, then in The Thing, and then he used him in Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. It's the whole reason why he ended up not using him in They Live, and he cast he cast Roddy fucking Piper instead. Because <sighs> his so whole reasoning movie. was like, I can't cast Kurt Russell in four movies. Yeah, you can, asshole. <laughs> it's called Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio, Okay. <laughs> And before that, it was De Niro. Robert De Niro. Everybody yeah. gets their boy. You know what I'm saying? If it works, it works. Don't break it. You know Tim Burton I mean? and Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. <laughs> if it works, it works. Exactly. So um, the studio said, oh, Jackie Chan, he can't really speak English. Oh, man. But not only that, Jackie Chan had had um, very little success with any American movie and decided to focus on his career in China instead oh well god bless him you know yeah he's doing yeah. fine by the way oh yeah he's doing he's, great. he has no he problem ended making, up yeah, yeah it's great <laughs> he's no problem with money right now yeah um but speaking uh, of uh different choices we're gonna recast we can do a recast you got a recast you got oh, a whole thing i got a whole thing I got a let's whole thing. hear it let's hear it down. okay let's uh start off with uh who do you want to start off with 
I'm going to start off with Jack Burton. Jack Burton, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking Who Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. So this is a modern cast now. This is a modern cast. It comes out now. All it's modern set cast. In, is it still set in modern day or is it still yeah. set in the... Okay. Yeah, we'll do modern day. Okay. We'll do modern day. All right. Chris Pratt. I think uh, the Jack Burton character is very similar to Star-Lord. Okay. Um, Chris Pratt played Kurt Russell's son. Okay. In Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good fit. That's a good fit. I like it. Yeah. Maybe if I did like another 80s version or a 90s version, I could see like a a Michael Keaton, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Kind of coming in there. I'm thinking Bruce Campbell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look at you. On fire. You know? <laughs> I just think Michael Keaton's crazy enough to be in this movie yeah. somehow. You know what no, I mean? No, you're absolutely you know, right. As, as, as the crazy, bumbling, you know, accidental hero who just can't quite get it together. When I think about Mr. Mom and Beetlejuice, I'm just like, yes. yeah, you got it. And but, I feel uh, like there were other, like maybe multiplicity. He had a yeah, yeah, yeah. He had one of his alter egos had this kind of a persona. Yeah, the like construction a, just guy. A bumbling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Who's your next? Uh, who, who who do you got for Wang? I'm rusty because we haven't done a casting call in a minute. Steve Yen. Steve Yen. Glenn right. from yeah, Walking yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead. Wow, poor Glenn. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, I like that. Yeah. I don't know who I would cast as him. I mean, I really like the guy from. Um, Oh my God! He was in that um, that Western remake with Denzel Washington, but he's Korean. He's not Chinese, so it would've been kind of. I like don't that. think any of the people I've mentioned are. <laughs> he's he's a uh, Steve like, Yun is Korean it's, too. It's Mbok Chun or something or Yun or something like that, and he's he's gotten really big recently. He's a South Korean celebrity. He was uh, he was Snake Eyes in the GI Joe movies, and he was um. He's in this Korean movie, this Korean Western movie called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, or The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. He was great in that. I think I he could, I, I could see him in that role. But he's not as chummy. You know what? Glenn's a much better cast because he's more chummy. He's more likable. He's more, hey, I, I just want to marry the girl of my dreams kind of guy. You know what yeah. I mean? The guy I'm talking about like murders people. So it's not really, I don't know. Not that people can't stretch in different right. roles. Of but, course not. Yeah. You know, but yeah, no, I like yours better. Is it, oh, there's a lot of people in this movie. I'm not sure which guy you mean. Lee Byung-hun? That's him. Okay. Yep. I was way off, as usual. <laughs> he so, Well, he might be good as one of the storms. There you go. I like it. He'd be it. good as thunder. All right. Let's do that. We'll use uh, Glenn for Wang. Okay. Okay. All right. Who do you got, who do you got next? Who do you have for Gracie? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I like that. Yeah, we need somebody, we need somebody sassy, somebody a little snarky, um, I thought Anna Ferris for a second, but yeah, I actually would rather see Anna Ferris as Margot the reporter. Oh, I like that. I do like Anna Ferris. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe she. I don't know who I would do for her. I'll let you think, and then I'll talk about the the trouble I had with the the next few things. Oh, go go go. So, I have some. I want to see somebody more comedic in the low pan role. Okay. So my first thought was Randall Park. All right. But I don't know. But then I thought, no, Randall Park is like just too comedic. Yeah. Um, But Ken Young. You okay. know him from Community? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he He's was great. in The Hangover? Yeah. I want to see him as Lopan. Oh, wow. And it would just be like off the wall crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Randall Park would be a good Eddie. And right. as Egg, George Takai. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's great. 
Or would George Takai be a better Lopan and then have Ken Young play egg? Ken Young would be good egg, I think. Um, I don't know. It's hard to replace James Hong in that Lopan role, man. He's so good. He's so good. He's amazing. Um, I love him as the dad in Wayne's World too, as Cassandra's dad that comes back. Yes, yes. He's like, you're here to date my daughter. And they do the, <laughs> the, the dubbing and they do that fight. You know, it's so great. I don't know. I like that though. I could see Bobby Lee as Lopan. Comedian Bobby Lee. Yeah, I was thinking about Bobby Lee as... Um, I rep him all the time on this podcast. I was thinking I, about I Bobby Lee as Wong, or Wang, actually, but I was like, no, he's just too... He's too portly. He's too, yeah, he and he's to, not... Because he kind of needs to be a badass. Yeah. So it needs to... He would yeah. actually be a pretty good egg shen. <laughs> he would be. <laughs> you know, he would be, I, yes. Uh, I love his podcast, too. It's great. Um, I haven't heard it. It's good. Tiger Belly. Okay. It's really good. It's just him and his girl and like they just have occasional comedians on there, but they wax rhapsodically about horrible shit. Mm -hmm. It's just not stuff that you should probably talk about. (laughs) um, Like being in a coma and whether or not you'd wait for somebody. He makes, no, he he makes the shit I talk about sound, I mean, I look like I'm talking about fucking Sesame Street over here. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I mean, even though I've talked about Captain America's dick and, you know, all kinds of shit on this show, um, he makes me look like I'm, I just got out of Bible school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because some of the shit he says, it's like, wow. And it's funny because the girl's always trying to like reel him back and like they have to, they joke about what they should take out because he just landed a pilot on ABC or landed a show on ABC. So she's always like, stop ABC's saying gonna, that. Because they're owned by Disney. Yeah. Yeah. But wow. he just, he just, you know, he goes off the rails. Well. Hmm. Sorry, kids. That's what we do. do are we, are we cutting any of this out? Because no, I gotta plug look. my own show. We got it. We I gotta plug that yet. We gotta plug your show. We gotta plug your show <laughs> before we leave. Uh, I am on uh, a little podcast called Mouthy Broadcast. You can find our website at mouthybroadcast.com. Follow us on Mouthy Broadcast on Facebook. We're at Mouthy Broadcast on Twitter. And it's um, a hilarious show. You have to listen to it. Yeah, we we've taken a little bit of a summer break but we're about to i noticed back. that i was gonna yeah. say where i was like these tuesday mornings i'm waking up like where's a new oh. episode man it's oh, in the it's feed i'm like what's going it. on i'm sorry man. i have man it's been like it's been like two or three weeks since i saw a new one on we're there. supposed to record this week okay i don't want to i don't want to get your hopes up well i know you were busy with a show you were doing yeah, a show i did a play and so how'd I that did go a play. Oh, well, great yeah. i did a play with uh fredericksburg theater ensemble yeah in beautiful historic downtown fredericksburg it is beautiful and it is historic yeah it was yeah. an, it was an interesting show. Good. Yeah, but it, I loved the cast and made some friends and and had a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I love the show and I, you know, I look forward to your many happy returns. Oh, thanks. You know, and I love having you on this show. I feel like you kind of class up the podcast a little bit. <laughs> you know, because without you, it's just like dudes in here talking about you know. You know, making phallic jokes about Steve Rogers, and you know, it's usually just me <laughs> saying. I don't know why I'm trying to throw my other friends under the bus, but uh, but it's great to have you on here, and it's great to you know, great to see you, and great to have you on the show. And thanks for thanks for doing Big Trouble in Little China with. Thanks you for know? having me. Loved it. Well, look, kids. So. Uh, as always, don't take anything we say on the show seriously. Okay, if we're talking about the Ching Sangs or the Wang Kongs or the Wang Ching something or other or low pans what he had for breakfast you know if i'm sauntering down a beaten path or a not beaten path if we're intrusive if we're if maybe if we're not intrusive enough maybe if we're not controversial enough maybe we need to talk about more things like like politics how about the 
this immigration thing. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> look, just remember at the <laughs> end of the day. Off that. You're somebody, off <laughs> somebody that. right? You said the word immigration. I know, I know. Gonna it's be... going to lose at least five, five listeners um, out of our 10 that we have. Uh, remember at the end of the day, it's just fiction, okay? Love each other, be good to each other. And if you woke up today and you have a home to come home to and you have somebody that loves you, then you've won the day, okay? So just remember, be good to each other. And it's just fiction. Thanks for listening. And if not, you know what Jack Burton always says. Jack Burton says, what the hell? Call the president. Thank you.